You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 52. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Our Take segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a look at MTY Food Group, symbol MTY on the TSX, a Canadian-based franchiser operating in the quick-service food industry in both the U.S. and Canadian markets. It is one of the largest in this segment and a true Canadian success story that really flies under the radar. Midweek, the stock reported or the company reported remarkably strong quarterly earnings growth which handily beat street estimates. The stock has jumped 40% since May. A listener asks us if we still like the stock. Our star of the week is Aritzia, Inc., symbol ATZ on the TSX, a vertically integrated innovative design house of fashion brands, which boasts over 90 stores and a solid online presence, and most importantly happens to be a favorite shopping spot for a prominent member of my household. The stock posted a nice gain this week in what was generally a poor week for North American markets. Finally, our dog of the week is SNC Lavalin, symbol SNC on the TSX. The embattled global engineering and construction companies saw its stock drop 13% in one day midweek after it reported that federal prosecutors would not agree to negotiate a deal in regards to alleged illegal dealings with public officials in Libya between 2001 and 2011. The market hates uncertainty and the speculation of a trial is weighing on the stock. So is it a dog or an opportunity? We'll let you know. So now we're going to dig into the show. I'm going to welcome back my co-host, Keystone's VP and senior analyst, Mr. Aaron Dunn. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Ryan. How are you? Doing well. We're just uh, recovering from our seven-city tour over the last three weeks, uh, traveling fun around this country, the great country of ours. Uh, it was great to see some existing clients and welcome some new ones aboard. I think the seminars went well. What do you think? I thought they were they were great. It was, uh, it was a completely new approach that we took this time. A lot of it, uh, most of it actually was brand new content. And it was It was very well received, I felt. And we, we, we pointed out some uh, some mistakes that investors make that end up costing them a lot of money. And I think that that is, that is one, of the, one of the most important things that we did there. You know, investing is not just about the opportunity. It's also about the risk. And we were, we were highlighting to the people attending the seminar how some simple, some simple strategies for, for avoiding risk that really ends up hurting a lot of investors, particularly in the retail market. Yeah, I know. I, I think it was well received. And, you know, when we started these... Just 18 months ago, almost two years ago now. Um, but uh, you know, we really, you know, we talked about our friend. We talked with our friend at uh, Money Talks, Michael Campbell. He had been, you know, asking us to do these type of seminars for quite a while, and we 
finally got on board with them there. And, uh, you know, as he does, we believe an educated investor is a better investor. And, you know, we've been doing this for almost 40 years combined now. So you'd think we'd have at least a little bit of knowledge to impart. And I think we did that through these seminars, which was great to see. And uh, we just really are simply advising clients to uh, make their portfolios, the equity area of their portfolios, less complex, uh, simplify them, take control of your portfolio, buy a 10 to 20 stock quality portfolio, and, uh, and, and really, you know, like we said, take control of that portfolio. If you want to outperform the market, you can't just be the market. We see a lot of portfolios where there's over-diversification, and it's unnecessary, and all you do is just mirror the market and underperform because you pay too many fees. So I think that's the message we're trying to get across. And then our solution is just a simple, focused diversification strategy of uh, buying 10 to 20 quality stocks, buying them over a, a long period of time, and investing with a long-term horizon. It's really a simple approach, but we think it's the best out there. Yeah, and another key takeaway, what I felt was a key takeaway too, is 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 to advise the investors there not to just gravitate towards the very hype sectors and the very hyped themes. And there's a lot of that right now. There's there's several spaces that have received huge investor attention over the past year, and we get questions about them all the time, like cannabis, um, uh, cryptocurrencies, blockchain, those types of things, and. You know, sometimes it's 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 attractive to go over after these exciting industries where there's a lot of attention right now. But sometimes the the best stock can actually be the best performing stock can actually be a very boring business. And and I, you you provided a couple of really great examples uh, that that prove that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the one of the best parts is we ask for a little audience participation. I remember you look out into the audience every time, and everybody looks horrified. You think they're going to get them to stand them up there and uh, recite some kind of big bibliography or something like that out of like um, grade 10 or something like that. They look horrified. But um, no, no, we're, we just asked a couple quick questions. And, you know, the first question we asked was, can anybody in the room tell us the best performing stock on the entire Toronto Stock Exchange over the last 10 years? And uh, it's funny, out west... Uh, we, we, we actually got the right answer most times um, from somebody in the audience. There's a number of clients that we have in the audience. But when we were out east where we don't have as large a following and a large a client base, uh, we did something at the Toronto Money Show, and there's about 350 people in the room, and it was crickets when we asked that question, not a single uh, answer. There was one answer that came out. Somebody said weed. And, uh, you know, stock has performed well, but it's not close to the stock that actually was the best performer over the past 10 years. And that company is the Boyd Group Income Fund, symbol BYD.UN. And Aaron's point, and he alluded to this, what do they do? They fix cars, automobile repair. That's not sexy, but the return is what matters. The stock is up 5,700% over the past 10 years. So $20,000 in that stock would have returned you roughly 1.15 million. So we asked that question. I think it was, you know, it's good to get out there that this is actually the best performing stock over that period. But then we said, okay, back in 2008, when we recommended this company, we didn't have blockchain around cryptocurrencies, the internet of things was just birthing and cannabis was only a pipe dream. And we said that pun intended, which got a few laughs, but 
So we fast forward to today when cannabis stocks are all over the news, cryptocurrencies and blockchain were the sectors to be in at the start of this year. So we asked for another question. We asked another question. Can you tell me the best performing non-penny stock in the country this year? So, we, you know, most people would say, you know, canopy growth or something, you know, in the cannabis sector. Again, the company Canopy has done tremendously well this year. Uh, but its return actually pales in comparison to a little company called Expel Technology or Expel Inc. Symbol is DAP.U on the TSX Venture. It's up 389% this year. And what do they do? Well, they install automotive film that helps prevent those annoying rock chips and scratches and dents on your vehicle. It's a, you know, Tremendously boring business, but what isn't boring is the underlying financials, the growth in revenues, cash flow, and earnings that's driven this stock. The thing we can say for certainty about this company, it has absolutely nothing to do with cryptos, cannabis, or blockchain. So the best performing stock, non-penny stock in this country this year has been a company that really is outside all of those very sexy industries. The final question we asked and this was a telling question, I think, is name one of the worst performing stocks in Canada this year. And we gave a hint. It was the, one of the biggest names in blockchain to start 2018, which peaked with a market cap last year of $1.1 And that company, of course, is Hive Blockchain. The stock is down 80% this year. And Aaron went on to detail this, and I'm going to ask him now because he did uh, we, a ton of research into the crypto miners and the blockchain-related stocks in Canada. But Aaron, like the sad thing is, uh, Hive is not alone in this sector this year in terms of losses. It's a cautionary tale for investing in the hot segment, really. Exactly. So what I did as part of my my segment is I broke down the cryptocurrency and the blockchain spaces, the the publicly listed companies, and essentially identified them, um, determined how many of those companies were actually producing revenue, how many were profitable. Unfortunately, zero were profitable. There's about, you know, a little over 50 in total listed on North American exchanges that that identify as a blockchain and crypto company. Um, none of them were profitable and very few of them actually were, were producing any type of revenue as well. But what I what I showed is I, I, I illustrated the, the audience there with uh, I, I provided them with um, uh, charts of these companies, all of the companies, the top five crypto companies, the top five blockchain companies based on market cap. And every single one of them had just absolutely dismal performance since the start of the year. So when you think about all of the, the hype behind um, these areas at the start of the year and all of the money that these companies were able to raise, it was just really, really uh, telling that not a single one of the top five in either of those spaces have produced any, any type of uh, shareholder value this year. Yeah. And, and I mean... And then we went on to say, like, we just want you to look at stocks like they are an investment in an underlying business. And I think we all know that, but it's it's good to be beaten over the head with that. And, and you know, one of the things that prevented us from buying any of the crypto or blockchain-related stocks this year and prevented us from having the losses that many had in that segment this year was that none of them, like Aaron said, had profitability from current operations over the past year. So that excluded them from uh, entering into our coverage, and it prevented us from facing some of those losses uh, in companies that we were told at the end of last year and the start of this year, heading into this year, you had to be involved in that industry. And you know, if you just use that as a basic criteria, 
profitability from current operations for any long-term equity investment, you would have avoided each of those stocks and avoided the losses in them. So just look at those like they are a business, treat it not just as a stock symbol. I think that's one of the big takeaways. Treat it like a business, operate like you were investing in the company as it was a business, not just a stock symbol. And that'll serve you well long-term. Great advice. Yeah, so we're going to get into the show right away. Um, we're going to get to our Your Stock, Our Take segment. Uh, we got a question. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. This is from a obviously a client at some point or a client right now, I'm not sure. They said, I bought MTY Food Group on your recommendation four years ago. It has performed well but stalled for about a year until re- its recent surge in the market. What is driving the share price surge and your thoughts on the current valuations? Harmon from Vancouver. MTY Food Group, uh, MTY TS on the TSX symbol, trades around 67.35 now, 1.7 billion in terms of its market cap. What does the company do? Again, they're not just a stock symbol. They are a Canadian franchiser and operator in the quick service food industry. Um, they franchise and operate corporate-owned locations under different banners, approximately 75 banners and brands across Canada and the U.S. Now, the stock is up around, since May, up 40%. Uh, tremendous growth there. What is driving that? Well, they've made a number of civic significant acquisitions this year. March 1st, they bought Investcore Restaurants Group, was a public company at that time. On March 16th, uh, they completed acquisitions of a healthy fast food brand called Grab-A-Green. On April 5th, they bought Timothy World Coffee and Muffins. Uh, good name <laughs> a business there. Now, and they also bought uh, a rather uh, significant acquisition of Sweet Frog Premium Frozen Yogurt, which was just recently on September, September 16th. Now, this is driving tremendous growth in terms of underlying numbers. Revenue in the third quarter was $91 million, an increase of 26%, so good growth there. EBITDA was up around 54% for that quarter to, uh, to $39.6 million from $25 million. So very strong growth there. From a fundamental perspective, when we look at MTY Food Group, there's a lot of things to like. Uh, revenue growth, like I said, 26% in the last period uh, on a EBITDA or adjusted EBITDA was up 55%. These growing revenues while growing its margins uh, is a positive sign. The company has historically really been a free cash flow generating machine. That's why we've liked it. There's limited organic growth, which is a bit of a concern. So the company will have to keep growing by acquisitions, given the fact that it also continues to um to close some of its current locations. That is a natural part of a business with this many stores, but they close and uh, they're closed non-performing locations, but they have to continue to grow by acquisition to have increased cash flow over time. Now, we think it's closer to fair value near term in its current range, but we wouldn't bet on it outperforming in the long term over the next two to five years. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 definitely when you when you talk about the the restaurant industry, you know, or the retail industry as well. Uh, really, a lot of focus comes down to the same store sales growth. So when you have a company like MTY that is growing fairly rapidly through acquisition, that's great. But 
investors do like to see that uh, that same store sales growth, and and even if the earnings go up, but same store sales go down or they remain flat, that's that's generally not received well by the market. Yeah, and I mean, in the first quarter, some of its operations had fairly strong uh, same store sales growth. It pulled back a little bit in the last quarter, but. You know, manage, in the end, I mean, we do like to see same-store sales growth. Organic growth is great. In the end, this company has managed to continue to grow cash flow over time, free cash flow by making smart acquisitions. Uh, it, you know, it's done very well, so it's, you hate to get bet against them when they continue to do that. But it would be nice to see some more organic growth in the business. Absolutely. So, At the end of the day, the free yeah. cash flow is, is paramount. Yeah, and you know that for sure. Um, now... We're going to move to our weekly star. That is Aritzia, symbol ATZ on the TSX. Um, and I know somebody in my household will be listening intently to this because they love shopping at this store. From our stars and dog segment, it's time for this week's star. star. Okay, so the weekly star today, Aritzia, um, trades at just under $18 per share. It has a $1.1 billion market cap. So what does the company do? Well, they're a, they're a developer and retailer of fashion brands. So they, they provide a diverse range of women's fashion, fashion apparel and accessories across 90 retail stores um, throughout Canada and also through its e-commerce operations. So the stock jumped 11% last week and is up 41% year to date. Uh, what's driving the, the share price is strong financial performance. So on October 4th, Aritzia released its Q2 financial results showing strong operational and bottom line earnings growth. Uh, this continues to be positive growth figures. Uh, this continues to be uh, a theme for the company. Um, they've, they've been growing, they've been developing quite, quite well financially over the past year. Um, so the, the Q2 numbers, revenue was $205 million, up about 18%. They had positive comparable or same-store sales growth of 11.5%, which we just talked about, very important for a retail business. And 11.5% is, is an exceptionally strong same-store sales growth rate. Adjusted net income increased about 76% to $18.3 million, or $0.16 cents per share in the quarter. And adjusted EBITDA increased 60% to 33% million dollars. So I'm just going to read uh, just read a, a statement from the, the company here that we got from their MDNA. And it says the, the net revenue increase was primarily driven by comparable sales growth of 11.5%, resulting from continued momentum in the company's e-commerce business, as well as strong performance in the stores. Net revenue growth also reflects the addition of seven new stores and eight expanded or repositioned stores since the second quarter of since the beginning of the second quarter of fiscal 2018. Uh, increase in growth profit margin was driven primarily by improvement in product costs related to ongoing sourcing initiatives, the weakening of the US dollar compared to last year and a favorable sales mix shift toward exclusive brands, which was partially offset by increased warehousing and distribution costs. So uh, what we're taking from this is a lot of things going well for the company. Obviously, their their e-commerce business is is performing well. The stores performing well, higher revenues and improved margins. Looking at the company's valuation, it's trading right now for about 30 times trailing earnings per share, about 25 times analyst consensus estimates for this year. So fairly reasonable valuation, not what I would call cheap, but you wouldn't expect to see a company um, that's performing so well to be that cheap. So the valuation is is reasonably okay. The balance sheet as well is strong with a debt to equity ratio of just 
0.23. So uh, in the last two quarters, it's demonstrated impressive growth up and down the income statement. And as the company expands its sales, it's succeeding, keeping its costs down, increasing its profit margins. And certainly the, the future looks optimistic for Aritzia, and that makes it the star of the week. Yeah, I mean, I think that they are hitting on uh, on all cylinders right now, it seems to be. And, you know, like you said, the valuation is not cheap. But uh, if they continue to grow like they're growing and post results like they have, um, and the same store sales growth there that you said above 11% is very impressive. So it's good to see that organic growth and the business is growing uh, and expanding. So it's checking off a lot of boxes. I mean, the only issue, I mean, this is just generally with fashion, it can be fickle. Uh, and, you know, if, if somehow. You know, people said, you know what, uh, we don't want to buy Aritzia Crows. They're not cool anymore. Um, you know, that is some, you know, we've seen that happen to this industry in the past. I think Aritzia has been done well staying on trend. And as long as they can continue to do that, then, uh, you know, it, you know, it's a, it's a good success story in the Canadian uh, uh, retail and fashion market for sure. Absolutely. So let's look at uh, our weekly dog. From our Stars and Dogs segment, it's time for this week's Dog. And that would be SNC Lavalin Group, symbol SNC on the TSX. Market price around $44 right now. Market cap $7.8 billion in that range. What does the company do? SNC is a global engineering construction company offering engineering construction and commissioning services in international markets. It serves oil and gas, mining, metallurgy, uh, infrastructure, and power sectors. A large engineering firm within Canada and within globally, really. Now, this what makes it our dog this week? It plunged uh, up to 14% one day after they... Uh, came out with some pretty poor news. Um, this company has been previously embattled by a series of scandals and lawsuits involving former executives. In 2015, SNC was charged by the RCMP with illegal dealings with public officials in Libya between 2001 and 2011. Since then, the company has been seeking a negotiation or negotiated settlement with federal prosecutors for a deal which would set aside unproven fraud and corruption charges in return for fines, cooperation, and other reparations. Uh, on October 10th this past week, the company announced that the federal prosecutors would not agree to negotiate a deal on the matter. There would be no negotiated settlement at this stage. This led to a plummet in the stock price to its lowest level in the past two and a half years. Now, financially in its last quarter, how is it doing? Well, there's a lot of one-time items here, uh, but revenues were up 32%, so good growth there. Adjusted EBITDA uh, came in at $139 million compared to $45 million in the same period last year. That was 210% growth, so tremendous growth there. Uh, there was some one-time items that affected uh, earnings in the quarter, and we'd expect that to see going forward. The company does have a strong backlog going forward as well. And fundamentally, really, um, it's likely undervalued right now if you look at it from a fundamental perspective. But there's going to be some noisy items, and there is that overhang of past transgressions that will likely weigh on the stock near term. 
if you have some higher risk uh, capital in your portfolio, it may provide you know provide a bit of uh, potential upside. But again, that's going to weigh on the stock over the over the near term until there is some settlement there. Uh, uh, but now, really, the 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 losses that we saw this week make it our dog of the week. Yeah, S&C is actually something that I've been looking at closely for our income stock research and analyst consensus on it is very strong. Yes, um, we've they're, seen they're that ex- for sure. Yeah, expecting excellent growth from the company. But, you know, one of the issues and I'm not saying that it's a, a, a good or a bad stock, but one of the issues is that it is a, a, a very, very complicated entity. I mean, it's just it has so many moving parts all over the world. And I, I remember the uh, the scandal over the the Libyan situation um, years mm-hmm. back, and it's amazing that that's still hindering the company. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, a lot of it should have been priced in. I think the markets, well, obviously the markets had been expecting a negotiated settlement. That doesn't look to be in the cards right now. And I, again, the markets hate uncertainty. That offers some uncertainty near term. That uncertainty for this business, uh, that's you know, these charges aren't likely going to fail the company. But there can be some fines here, and you know there could be some executive past executives facing some potential jail time. Um, we don't want to speculate on that, but that may be helping. It's a black eye for the company near term. Uncertainty again, the market doesn't like that. It may be an opportunity, given you know if you look at analyst estimates going forward, we don't have coverage on the company, so we don't have an estimate out there. But if you look at the analyst estimates, uh, given the growth, it looks to be trading at a discount and a discount to some of its peers. So there may be an opportunity. We just don't have an active uh, recommendation. Again, the losses that we saw here in the share price over the past, uh, just this week, make it our dog of the week. But we'll continue to monitor it for sure. Okay, that's going to wrap up our show for this week. I'd like to thank Aaron for co-hosting with you, uh, with me. I'd like to remind our listeners to... um, to continue to ask your questions, uh, hit us up on our social media channels to our Your Stock, Our Take segment. Uh, and we also have uh, that full seminar. Uh, as of Monday, this coming week, will be posted up. So you can purchase uh, that seminar series that we did uh, just this past past month and you can purchase that online and get full access to that so we encourage any listeners who weren't able to attend to come up and and purchase that because it was a really worthwhile seminar again profitable investing i wish to our investors and thank you profitable investing